so what's up everyone and welcome into episode number 60 where it is my honor and privilege to introduce a special guest joining this podcast and that is former Michigan State basketball player and author and now a motivational speaker Anthony Ayani how are you doing I'm doing good how about yourself I'm doing good how was your Thanksgiving did you have a good Thanksgiving yeah I mean other than the Lions breaking my heart again um but no, yeah, I mean, it was definitely good Thanksgiving. Um, the day before, uh, I got to take my kids to my parents and, uh, you know, up in Okemos. So my kids got to, my kids and myself got to be there for the day before. So, uh, you know, it was definitely great, you know, definitely getting a chance to spend time with family and, um, you know, friends as well. So, you know, I think that's the most important thing around the holiday time is spending time with family and friends. And, uh, you know, it's, it definitely was a, definitely was a great Thanksgiving this year. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it- and it has to be Thanksgiving, right? If it's not the Lions blowing a, a game, it's not Thanksgiving if that doesn't happen, right? It it's like the Masters, a tradition unlike any other. It, it, exactly, they always give you hope in the game, and then they always lose it at the end. So yep. it didn't really it didn't really surprise me too much that they lost the game. Also, they have Josh Allen too, so I was so when they didn't score with 23 seconds left I'm like it's kind of over probably at that point so right. it's it's a lion it's kind of what we expect but hey we have Michigan State basketball so at least we can always cheer for a good team there, there. we go <laughs> yeah so in the introduction like I said you're a former Michigan State basketball player so can you kind of talk a little bit about what it was like playing at Michigan State like being coached by um Tom Izzo, and also for anyone listening that doesn't know this, you're the first division basketball player to ever have autism. So can you kind of talk about the, all all those things, like what it was like playing at Michigan State, what it was like under Coach Izzo? I mean, I, I tell people all the time, playing at Michigan State was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I mean, just just the things that we got to do as a team, the places we got to go as a program. I mean, winning big 10 championships, going to a final four. I mean, I mean, you don't get that experience anywhere else. I mean, you don't get that experience anywhere else in the big 10 conference. I don't, maybe outside of the Duke Kentucky's North Carolina's of the world, you don't get that anywhere else at any other program in the country. And, you know, Michigan state was always my dream school from day one. I always wanted to play for coaches. I always wanted to graduate from Michigan state, have my diploma, say Michigan state university bachelor's degree and yada, yada, yada. And so for me to be able to play for one of the best coaches and the best programs, I mean, it was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. I mean, we got to play at an aircraft carrier, meet president Obama, and just the experiences of meeting all these different people and still staying connected after all these years, um, not just with, you know, past alums, but with my teammates, and my coaches, like it's definitely something that nobody can ever take that away from me as far as experience wise. Um, and I talked about playing for one of the greatest coaches in maybe not just the country, but perhaps the world. Um, you know, I tell people all the time that Coach Izzo is the most intense coach I ever played under. Uh, he's so intense because he wants you to be perfect. He wants you to run every play perfect, set a ball screen perfect, rebound perfect. You know, that's why he's won so many Big Ten titles. That's why he's got so many Big Ten tournament titles, why he's been to the NCAA tournament for 24 straight years. Um, that's why he has so many Final Four appearances. He has a national title. But, you know, off the court, he is one of the greatest guys that I know. Like, he is a he is a father figure to a lot of us. And uh, anytime we need advice from him, anytime, you know, we're all stuck in situations that we, that are out of our control, 
we're all not afraid to go back to him and kind of lean on to him and be like, Hey coach, this is what I got going on. Like, what can you do to help me? Like, what can, what kind of advice can you give me? And it's not just us players. He's there. He's always there for, he's always there for Michigan state university. Like he's always going to have an opinion on Michigan state because he loves Michigan state. He cares so much about the entire staff and faculty that are at Michigan state, whether it's professors, athletic administration, um, deans, the university president, you name it, he cares about them. He cares about the 50,000-plus students we have on campus. He cares about the half a million alums we have around the world. And But that's because of how much love and passion he has for Michigan State. And, you know, what I loved about Coach Izzo playing under him was he didn't coach anybody or treat anybody any differently. Like, he treated and coached every player on his team the same. And so I remember when I transferred from Grand Valley State, he and I had a meeting about me um, transferring back home to Michigan State from um, when I att- after I attended Grand Valley State. And one of the things he said to me was, um, he said, you know, just here's the deal. Like, just because you have autism doesn't mean I'm going to treat you any differently or coach you any differently. Like, I'm going to coach you like every other player that I've coached here. I'm going to treat you like every other player that I've had that has come before you. And so the way Steve Smith was coached, the way Morris Peterson was coached, the way Charlie Bell was coached, the way Jason Richardson, Zach Randolph, um, Timbo Grack is just to name a few guys. Like the way they were coached by Coach Izzo is the exact same way he coached me. And and that and I didn't want that any differently. Like I wanted to I told I straight up told Coach, like, hey, look, like that's what I want. Like this is why I'm coming home because I want to be coached by the best. I want to be taught by the best. And I don't want to just be coached about basketball. I want you to teach me and coach me about life, which is exactly what he and our entire coaching staff and coaching faculty at Michigan State have done, not just for me, but for every single player as well. And for me to be able to become the first Division One college basketball player in NCAA history, it, it's still a title that means a lot to me to this day because it's, a, it's now – it's now a stepping stone for individuals like myself who are on the spectrum to go, okay, this is possible to do. It's possible for me to go to college and play a sport, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, and maybe that'll motivate that next generation of athletes with autism to potentially go to the next level and play pro at the NBA level or play pro in the NFL. So, you know, it definitely means a lot to me, but it even means more to me that the fact that I did it at Michigan State and that's something that Michigan State you know, gets to have under, gets to hang their hat on. And I'm more than proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's incredible. And the thing I do love about Coach Izzo is that you can see how much he loves the university. Like even years and years ago when there was rumors about him going to the NBA, especially the the Cavaliers, when he said no, when he said no to that, when he could have possibly went to the NBA, you knew that that was him saying, hey, you know what, no matter what comes up for me, it could be the best coaching job in the world. And Michigan State is one, like, I'm a sparring dog for, for life. And I think that's something that Izzo had really implemented in his program. And I think going on to the football program, I think that's what they're trying to implement over at Michigan State as well under Mel Tucker. So it's just awesome to see how much Izzo has meant to you, how much the University of Michigan State has meant for you, and you accomplished many different things at Michigan State. Like you were talking about, you won two Big Ten championships, a Big Ten tournament title, a Final Four run. You also won a walk-on award in 2011, Unsung Player Award in 2012. You had so many different 
accomplishments during your time at Michigan State. Does one kind of really stand out to you that you're like, hey, you know what, I was part of that. That's something that I can hang my hat on. Or is every accomplishment you had, you're like, they're all kind of equal. Does that make sense? I would, Yeah, it does make sense. I would have to say they're all equal because – you know, when when I got when we won when we won the Big Ten championship in 2010, so it would have been my first year back. Um, that's that, that's that was a big reason why I came back home was to be a part of those teams, was to win championships and be a part of the history that is Michigan State. And but you know, then again, we won 2012 and 20. You know, won the 2012 regular season title, won the 2012 Big Ten tournament title, and but but they all they all are equal achievements in my opinion, but at the same time, they all kind of have a different meaning. So for example, the, the 2010 big 10 championship regular season, that was my first taste of winning a big 10 title going to the final four. You know, it was special because I was a part of that, but I think the 2012, my senior year, the 2011, 2012 team, I think was a little bit more special of an accomplishment for us. And for me personally, because that was a team that wasn't even picked to finish top, top seven in the big 10 that year, because we had lost Caitlin Lucas. We lost to summers and between Draymond and Austin Thornton, you know, they had more combined playing minutes than anybody else on the team after that. So there, there was not a lot of, there wasn't a lot of optimism from our fan base at that time. Not a lot of optimism from the media about how we were going to do because we were so young and there it was, nobody knew how we were going to do or be. Um, but I remember telling Joe Rex road, who was the beat writer at the time, you know, he did a story on me about being on scholarship my senior year. And I told him, and he asked me, he said, what are the goals this year? I said, the goal is to win. And I know there's a lot of people who are doubting us, but, you know, the toughest team, the toughest, the toughest and the most physical team is going to win the Big Ten Championship this year. And that's going to be us. And I remember that, that, co- that comment, people saw that and they were like, eh, well, I love the optimism, but come on, kid. Like, you know, you guys have, you guys, you you're um, you don't have you have you're you're unproven right now because of the experience and the lack of experience you guys have and <clears throat> excuse me you're playing North Carolina number one team in the country to start the season versus unranked then four days later you're gonna go to Madison Square Garden and play number three Duke so it's like okay but then after that even though we lost those two games we ended up winning 15, 16 in a row after that because we all didn't sit in that locker room after the Duke game and sulk and pout no like we all looked at each other and like look like we hang with North Carolina. We almost beat Duke. We were beating Duke for a while in the game, and then we just ran out of gas. So we can compete with anybody. We can go out and beat anybody in the country. And so I think the one game that really kind of, like, gave us that confidence was when we beat Gonzaga in Spokane on their home court. And I think that's when we all realized, okay, we got something going here, so let's keep it rolling. And so that that, that team that year, to win a Big Ten title, to win the Big Ten tournament title – we went to the Sweet 16. I wish we could have had a little more gas, a little bit more gas in the tank because I really, I really do believe that had Brandon Dawson not got hurt, we would have went to the Final Four that year. I don't know if we would have beaten K- Kentucky because of how loaded the talent they had, but I think we would have given Kentucky a run for their money. Um, but that that team right there, the accomplishment of winning those two Big Ten titles in 2012, that's that that one's kind of a little bit more special to me as far as accomplishments go. Yeah, absolutely. And isn't that kind of like the definition of like some of like the really great Michigan State teams? Like there's some teams like that have gone on runs in March that people like at the beginning of the seasons like this is 
not maybe not the most athletic team or maybe not the most talented team in the world, but they just gel so well together that they just go on a run and people don't really see it coming, at least at the beginning of the year. Like, for example, the Final Four run with Travis Trice when they won against Louisville. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people fully expected that to happen. Um, there's other ones when Goran Sutan went off in that in that run in the Final Four as well. I I don't think we have seen a team like Michigan State that can go on runs in March when people don't fully expect at the beginning of the year just because of how good Coach Izzo is at coaching and how good of a chemistry it seems like those teams have. And I think that's kind of what Michigan State has this year. I'm not saying Michigan State isn't athletic. They are extremely athletic, but they they might not be the favorite to win the Big Ten, but it kind of reminds me of those really great teams that go on runs later on in the season. Even people might not predict it. And I definitely tell people, too, that coaches those best teams, it's not the teams with the five-star kids or the all-star, you know, lottery pick, NBA draft picks like my, like Jaron Jackson or, um, or even like Jason Richardson back in the day. Like, his best teams are when he's got a bunch of three, four-year guys that have been around the block who know the game well, who know the program well, and know the competition well because of the amount of – the amount of gas mileage, if you will, that they've had being in the program for three, four years. And you know, I think Scott Van Pelt said it best, you know, three, uh, three years ago during our tournament, during our final four run, he was saying how Tom Izzo doesn't have a, he doesn't have a one year problem. He doesn't have a one and done problem. He's got a three, four year problem because of the <laughs> amount of guys that are so loyal to him and the guys that, you know, stick around because of how great of a coach he is and how great of a program we have and how better that some of these guys want to get. And, I mean, if you look at Xavier Tillman, I mean, Xavier was probably, without question, he probably could have been a three-year and done guy, but he came back because he wanted to continue to get better and he knew that there was some unfinished business. And so, like, when you get a taste of that Final Four, when you get a taste of the Big Ten Championship, when you have a taste of being in the NCAA tournament, like, it, it kind of motivates you to want to go back and do it again. And there's a reason why guys like Adrian Payne came back for a senior year, why Brandon Dawson came back, um, why Gary Harris stuck around for another year. Like once you get a taste of that feeling, it's like, yeah, like we can come back and we're going to have a hell of a team next year. So I, I really think, you know, I, I think this is why I love Coach Izzo so much too is because he's a guy from Iron Mount, Michigan, who wasn't given a shot to do a whole lot, you know, career-wise because of where he came from but he had to scratch and claw and get to where he is today and I think that's why a lot of people really respect him a lot is because of how he got to Michigan State and how he's continuing to do what he loves to do yeah and that's why it's called January February is up because if you get get into March no matter how the team has done throughout the regular season if you get into March is going to coach that's why he has the amount of final fours he has that's why you've seen the success because it doesn't matter what you do in the regular season, because if he can get the team clicking, which more than not that he can do March comes around, 
they can advance. They can go to Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Fours. And I think Izzo's done it for a long time, and hopefully he continues to do it for a while longer and hopefully he gets his second national championship. I think that's what everyone hopes for, and I think you can see Izzo's goal is to get there, especially with how much effort he's really put in these last few years with this team. No, absolutely. And, and I think there's a reason why – He's still got a, He's still got a lot left, a, a lot, a lot of gas left in the tank because, you know, I know a lot of people are saying like, hey, you know, how, how many years does Izzo have left? I think he's got two years, three years. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm like, I think he's got a little bit more than that. I think like, especially with the, with the class he's got coming in next year, I think he's going to have, you know, a really good two, like next three, four year run here as coach. And I think it's definitely going to be exciting for Spartan fans to see. Yeah, exactly. So one thing that you did talk about that you mentioned in accomplishments was the aircraft carrier against yep. North Carolina. Can you kind of talk about what that was like, that experience? That had to be absolutely an incredible experience. It was without question. The It, it was – I could tell you this. It was it was a better experience than, than winning a Big Ten championship. It really was. And, and I say that because – you know, just everything that was going on around us, just the fact that, you know, we got to experience what the men and women of our armed forces, the real the real heroes of our country, what they do on a daily basis. You know, what 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 goes into their jobs, what goes into their daily schedule. We got to go to, the, um, you know, the captain's quarter, you know, that oversees everything from the, or the captain's deck. And just like because the first thing we did as soon as we landed in San Diego was we went, we got to go tour the USS uh, Carl Vinson. And we were we had no idea what to expect. And we had no idea what the court was going to look like because none of us really had that opportunity of being on an aircraft carrier. So we don't know how long the runway is. When you're standing on that runway where the court was, it's it's a big runway. Like, it really is. But what was amazing to us was how the captain was telling us how when they have jets on, 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 on deck on the runway, a lot of them take off, and then there's another one that lands right after them. So we were like, man, so, like, you, they take off and land at the same time. Like, it's just absolutely crazy. And so we got to try to fit in their bunk beds, you know, that they – that they sleep in every night. Some of us couldn't even fit. I couldn't fit in there, but Adrian Payne somehow was able to fit his six foot 11 frame into this tiny little middle bed on the (laughs) ship. And like just that experience, man. And like being able to say we were the first ones to do it. We were the first ones to start it. But what really topped the experience was getting to meet president Obama and first lady Obama. Like that was just, that was out of this world crazy. Like, and that's why, like, I joke all the time with some of our current players in Michigan State. You know, they tell me, oh, yeah, you know, my experience on the aircraft carrier was better than yours. I'm like, oh, really? Did you get to meet the president? No, you didn't. So, <laughs> there, so therefore, my experience was better than you. Have a nice day. But, <laughs> but, it, it, but it didn't matter, like, what experience was great, you know, between the two sides. Like, just the fact that we were the ones to start it. We were the ones that gave our jerseys to the wounded after the game. It was Draymond's idea because he called us in North Carolina to center court told us what his intentions were and we were like yep let's do it and so just that experience alone i mean you, you got to give mark hollis a lot of credit because you know mark hollis came up with that idea and at the time we all kind of looked at mark and go like how are you going to pull this off and so we were on our way to tampa bay to the ncaa tournament um in 2011 
and I'm sitting next to Draymond on the plane and Mark Hollis comes over to us and shows us the outline of what this is going to look like. And we're all like, no way. And then for us to finally see what it actually looks like when we got on the ship, it was just so cool. Like it was, it was something that we were like really kind of skeptical of at first because we didn't know how all this was going to look, how the setup was going to be. But when we got there and got to see it in person, it was awesome. And again, like at the end of the game, there were, there were USA chants and, in that moment, we all kind of realized, okay, it doesn't really matter who won or lost this game because it was about one thing and one thing only. It was about the country. It was about the people that protect our country. It was about the men and women that sacrificed their lives that have or that have sacrificed their lives for us to have our freedom. And so just that, just that experience alone on that aircraft carrier, like I said, it beats any, any Big Ten championship team I was a part of. And, you know, it's definitely right up there with possibly being out the Final Four as well. Yeah, that sounds like an, an absolutely incredible experience. Did the during like practice before the game? Did like the I know a lot of people, especially this year, were talking about like the wind. Did that really? Do you think that really played a too much factor in the actual game, or was it just like something like it didn't really matter at that point? It was just about all kind of having fun type thing because you said I had to play the game against a really good North Carolina team. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, like, and I tell people this all the time, I really don't think the wind had any factor. Um, I, I know there was, there was one time where a couple of guys were slipping on the court, but I mean, everything ended up being smooth and okay after that. Um, but I know like we were able to um, get on the ship and have a shoot around, you know, before then. And so, so we were all, we all kind of got used to, um, to the being on the outside. Cause I know a lot of people were like, well, what about not having like, you know, the different background of the arena, like just the backdrop. I'm like, well, you got to understand, like a lot of us played on the playground as kids in the rain, sometimes in the snow and then in the wind. So we were all able to like, kind of have our inner child out, if you will, playing on the playground on a giant aircraft carrier. So, so I think for us, you know, I think you, we basically had to ignore what kind of weather situations we could have potentially had. But, you know, I didn't think there was the wind wasn't a big factor. Um, again, there was a little bit of uh, a moist coming from the harbor, but you know, I think we ended up being all right. You know, so there wasn't a, you know, weather or um, any wind, weather or any kind of situation that affected us during that game. Yeah, and I do remember it was a very competitive game for the majority of the part that was just a really cool experience we saw so many great photos from it i think one of them um i can't remember exactly but you can see like the background and it's like night out and like it was just an awesome photo and it's just an incredible experience also the uniforms were pretty cool I, I liked this year's uniforms as well, but I thought the ones that you guys wore um, that year were pretty unique as well. I, th- I think I think that's probably because they're the originals. And, you know, Michigan State kind of went more with a, with a darker camouflage, which I kind of liked. But, you know, we kind of had the originals that kind of started um, – that kind of started everything. I mean, I still got it hanging in my closet. I got to get a frame someday. Um, but, like you said, j- just the – just the jerseys itself. I mean, we all thought those were the greatest things ever. And then you kind of see how Nike's kind of evolved the jerseys with the aircraft carrier and the, um, 
in the veterans classic and, and, and everything like that. So, um, so I'm excited to see, you know, every year, whenever it's the champions classic or every year, whenever it's the, uh, you know, the veterans classic or anything like that, um, you know, just seeing what kind of jerseys the teams come up with or Nike comes up with, it's usually pretty exciting. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So the next question is, this is more about, do you have like any stories that like not a lot of people that know about or that really talk about like anything like that people might not know about that you can kind of like talk a little bit about any like unique, (laughs) any unique stories? I know some things um, you probably can talk about. I know some things that probably went on that you probably can't because I know um, Izzo likes to keep everything close-knit as well. <laughs> I mean, I, I can tell you one story. that This would have been my senior year. And so um, for, for a lot of people that don't know, my freshman year at Grand Valley State, we had beaten we beat Michigan State in that exhibition game in double overtime. So I was a part of that team. And uh, so, so I knew a lot of the stories about how Coach Izzo kicked the guy, kicked the team out of the locker room for a week because it was a brand new locker room, kicked him out of, for the week. And I remember Goran Sutan and Austin Thornton like pointing the finger at me, like, Yeah, because of you, we had to change in the bathroom <laughs> and shower at home after that. I'm like, Hey, like, I had nothing to do with that. I, I just sat back, relaxed, and watched us beat a high powered division one program. But anyway, so so my senior year, you know, we were getting ready. I think it may have been Michigan we were getting ready for. And, you know, when you run the scout team, when you're captain of the scout team, like there's so many plays that you have to run that the opposition will run. It could be anywhere between between 20 to 30 plays. So it's a, it's a lot of walkthrough and a lot of, you know, memorizing and being a part of that process. So, so we were doing some, uh, we were doing some screen drills that Michigan would run. And, um, so I was supposed to set a ball at the top, a ball screen at the top of the key. So at the very top of the three-point line and coaches blows the whistle and goes, goes, AI, you're supposed to set the ball screen over here. I'm like, coach, no, like this is where I'm supposed to be. And he says, no, it's over here. I said, coach, if you look at the film, Michigan says their ball screens at the top of the three point line. So no, I'm in the right spot. He goes, no, you need to be over here. And then I just go, Hey, who's one and know against you. <laughs> And everybody, everybody in that gym just looked around like, oh, no, like what, what did, what did AI just do? Why, why would you say that? Like, we're all, we're all dead. We're dead. So Iz just kind of looked at me seriously. And then he kind of smirked, blew the whistle and goes, all right, run it again. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. Because if, if, if I would have said that my first year, at Michigan State, if I would have said it, if I was a freshman and I said that to him, like I, I would have been in major trouble because the fact I think he he kind of has has a little bit of respect, a little bit more respect toward his seniors because the seniors have been around the block. They have a little bit more more of a relationship. I'm not saying no, no, no. I'm not saying you know, Coach Izzo doesn't respect or doesn't have a relationship with that, with everybody in the team. But I think because I was a senior at the time, like I think his. I think my opinion kind of, you know, meant a little more to him because I was a senior at the time. So, but I always got, I always get a kick out of that. Cause I'm just like, yeah, like I told coach Izzo, I said to him, who's one to know against you. And it either, either could have been running stairs for that comment or we're going to move on. So luckily uh, we moved on after that. <laughs> do you, do you think he still, do you think he still remembers that moment or um do you ever like bring up with him when you see him or is it something like hey you know what this is just a moment i'll just let let it be just kind of because he seems like 
Izzo seems like when he has former players, he likes to like kind of like mess with them or like just joke. Like every photo or every video you see, they're like laughing. So I didn't know if like you kind of like if you guys kind of joked about that that point. Or is it just something like you're like, okay, it was cool at that moment, but let's just leave that at what it was. Yeah, it was just one of those times where it was just one of those kind of quick hit moments where you where I said what I said and, and just moved on after that. So. I mean, I don't think he would remember it because I'm sure there's been other stuff that has been said to him or that has happened in that practice gym for the last, you know, 10 years now. So, um, plus, I don't think I want to bring up the fact, again, that he lost to Grand Valley State my first year in college. So, I kind of want to keep that keep that a little bit quiet so I don't get in too much <laughs> trouble with him. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And being able to kind of – like joke with him or say that I think that kind of goes on saying like the kind of like relationship Izzo has with his players just because like you see people especially in like the media you see Izzo kind of getting um talks down on especially about like certain situations where he's like yelling at players like the Aaron Henry situation or Gabe Brown or you see all that, but you also see players talking about the type of relationships he has with the players. Like, it's something like, hey, you know what? It, he trusts me. I can push back a little bit. He can push back on me. It just seems like he builds great relationships with every single player, which I think is the reason why former players love going back to Michigan State. So can you kind of talk a little bit about that building of – a relationship with like you and him and like former players and why it's so easy to come back to Michigan state when they have like the event of like former players coming back and working out with the team for that one week. Well, it's not just him, you know, a lot of us come back, you know, for is because just because of him, it, it's basically, you know, for us to kind of all get together and basically, you know, kind of reminisce on the glory days and, uh, you know, because a lot of us will go to these reunions and we may not see some of our teammates, you know, for a long time. I know um, I think it was a few years ago. Um, actually, it was this past fall. Uh, Corey Lucius came back for one of our reunions. And, you know, I hadn't seen Corey in like five years. And so he, he came back and was. Of us loved is that, yeah, Corey may have been he was dismissed from the team for for certain for certain reasons, you know, breaking team rules. But he's still welcome back with open arms. I think that's the one cool thing is that, you know, we all welcome guys back, whether you were here for two years, one year, or whether you transferred, you know, six months down the road. Like, I think that's the one thing that we love about our Michigan state family is that, you know, we're all there for each other, no matter what. And at the same time, but I think it's a lot of it is the team camaraderie that really like, that really brings us back. And so, and I think the other thing is too, is that program, Michigan state, it made us and molded us into the men that we are today. And I think, you know, that along with the fact that our families had a lot to do with it too, you know, cause they raised us growing up, but the fact that Michigan state basketball had a lot to do with it too. I mean, is an even bigger reason why a lot of us come back. It, it, it's a way for us to thank Michigan state for helping us, you know, become better as human beings, help us become better as players um, and just everything that, you know, we had to do for them. But in the return, in the, in the return though, 
we didn't just we we got we got the great like I mentioned earlier we got one of the greatest experiences of our lives and so for us to come back and that's a way for us to kind of like share our stories like and reminisce on those memories and everything so you know I'm very proud to go back to those reunions and plus like you get to talk to the old guys too you know the old guys from the 70s the 80s and 90s you get yeah I mean you get Steve Smith that comes back every year magic will come back so you get that privilege of just sitting down with those guys and be like, Hey, you know, what's going on? And, and like, and if one of us is looking for a job, like, you know, if, if you talk to Steve Smith, like Smitty be like, Hey, like call so-and-so like, you know, he can help you out. Just tell him I sent you. And so that's the thing. Like if one of us in our Spartan family needs help, we're there for, we're there for that person because we're a family, man. And I think that's why like a lot of players come to Michigan state is because of that family atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely Awesome, man. It's it is seems like a really big family. It seems like the athletes are really connected. It seems like with so many alumni, you have so many people backing the University of Michigan State. It's completely awesome to see. And hopefully that continues. And yeah, it's just a great university in general. And it's really seemed like it's changed your life. And you've kind of talked about it a, a little bit because you're an author you're a motivational speaker you actually wrote a book called center centered autism basketball and one athlete's dream can you kind of talk a little bit about that book and how that book has really like shapes and talks about your experiences and how it's kind of led you to being the motivational speaker you are as well today yeah, so the book centered autism basketball one athlete's dream. It, it it's basically like my memoir about be, about leading up to the days of my autism diagnosis and basically to how I got to where I'm at today as a, as a person, as a basketball, as a former basketball player, and as a motivational speaker. And so, but part of the big reason why I wanted to write the book was because you know I wanted to educate people more about what autism is and just kind of talk about the characteristics and more importantly, kind of get the awareness out there for people who really need it in the community. And so, you know, it was a process that I really loved and, you know, obviously the book was not a big reason why, you know, my motivational career started. I mean, that, I mean, I've been doing it for 10 years now, which is crazy to think, but you know, I think the book kind of had a lot to do with me getting my, my story and name out there even more. And, you know, I was definitely, you know, proud of, you know, proud of how the book was written. I mean, my co-author, Rob Keast, um, who helped me write the book, he, he, he helped me with this and we did an incredible job together. And just being able to have that, being able to have those talks every day, those interviews with him and being able to communicate back and forth on, OK, this is what we should do. This is what we should put in the book. And so, you know, I'm very, very proud of the book. It's given people a lot of hope so far. And. And you never know, maybe someday it'll get turned into a movie and then we're going to go after Rudy and Hoosiers as some of the top motivational sports movies of all time. So you never know what's going to happen. But I mean, I'm very proud of the work that, you know, me and my and Rob Keys did on the book. And I'm even more proud of the fact that it's giving a lot of people hope and inspiration. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely <clears throat> what you have done um, from anyone I've ever talked to any time your name has ever come up it's just seemed like you've made an impact on so many different people the way that you are a motivational speaker it seems like you have impacted so many people's different lives you seem to be loved by the Michigan State community um, 
you've just inspired so many different people. And like you've talked about, you're just giving hope to people that might have not had opportunities before. Yeah, before in the last couple of years. So I think you've done some amazing work and I think you should be remember you should be remembered and continue to show that work. And I think you've done an amazing job at that. No, I appreciate that. And you know, it's like I say every day, you know, I got a great, <clears throat> excuse me. I got a great love and passion for what I do. Um, my goal every time I go speak somewhere is just to inspire at least one person. Cause that's all it takes in life. It's just inspiring one person. And so I'm very proud of the work that I do. And I'm not done yet. You know, even though, yeah, I've been doing this for 10 years. Yeah, there's still a lot of work left to be done. And I'm looking forward to see what the future holds for me. Yeah, absolutely. So I have two more questions. One is, what are your thoughts on the basketball team so far this year? We've gotten a few big wins so far. We're starting in the Big Ten schedule on Sunday versus Northwestern. What are your overall thoughts on the basketball team this year so far? I think so far the the ceiling for this team is really really high. Um, you know if they if they can start the Big Ten season off two and zero, especially without Jay Nakins and uh, Malik Hall with their injuries, I think that'd be a great start for them because you know they get through the they basically have gotten through the schedule gauntlet and if they can get through the first two Big Ten champ uh, first two Big Ten uh, games two and zero and go into a schedule of playing uh, Brown. Uh, Buffalo and and um, in Oakland, you know, I think that'll be good for them. And so, I think overall too, I mean, they got they got a chance, and they got a really good chance to compete in the in a conference where I think it's wide open. I mean, I mean, I, I, if you look at Indiana and Illinois, I mean, Illinois is an unproven team, but you know, they played some good teams. And Indiana every year, I mean, this is nothing against Indiana, but they're always ranked high. But then once it comes to the Big Ten season, they kind of fade a little bit. So. You know, and I really think – I think it's going to come down to – like I said it 10 years ago and I'll say it again. I think it's going to come down to, to who the toughest team is in the Big Ten, and I think that's going to be Michigan State in the end. Yeah, I completely agree with that. The Big Ten is going to be very competitive again, like it always is, and it always seems like Michigan State and Tom Izzo is up towards the top competing for a Big Ten championship, and I don't think this year will be any different to that. No, I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, so before I ask this last question, I do want to say thank you again so much for joining. It's been absolutely incredible talking to you. I'd love to hopefully have you on again, maybe talk a little bit about the basketball season if you would be interested. But, yeah, thank you again so much for joining. It's been an absolute pleasure. You're in the, you've made so much of a difference and I hope that when people listen to this podcast, you'll make even more of a difference because it's just been an absolute pleasure talking to you and you're just so inspirational and I love your story. No, thank you for the kind words. It's definitely been an honor to be on here with you. Yeah, so the last is if you could give any advice to anyone about life or anything in general, to anyone listening to this podcast, what would that advice be on so that they can end with this advice and live out going forward? I think a couple, so two pieces of advice I would give. Um, The first one is whatever you do in life, um, whatever you do in your future, you do it for two reasons. You do it because you have a passion and you have a purpose for it. And if you have those two things in your life, passion and purpose, 
not only will I promise you, will you be great at what you do in your life, but I promise you, you will be an even better person every day because of how much great passion and purpose that you have for what you do in your life. And then the second piece of advice I would give is, you know, anybody listening to this, like if you have dreams or goals or aspirations in life, you need to, you need to go out and be relentless and attack your dreams and goals in life. Like you can't like, don't just sit back and go get your dreams and goals in life. Like you gotta, you gotta go get them because how life works is you got to get up every day. You got to put in the work and you got to go get them. Like you don't just sit back every day, hoping and praying your dreams and goals in life are going to come to you. Like, no, that's the lazy approach. Get up every day, get up, go work hard, be relentless, everything that you do in your life and attack your dreams and goals in life. Like you got to go to, you got to get them because at the end of the day, we all dream our lives because at the end of the day, we live them. Awesome. That is absolutely incredible advice. I definitely think a lot of people are going to take a lot from that. Thank you so much for everything. That is something that I try to do every day in my life. And I think that's definitely going to impact a lot of people. And again, thank you so much for joining. Hopefully we go get that win on set on Sunday versus Northwestern start one and zero in the big 10 conference. And yeah, thank you again so much for joining and go green. Go white. Thank you for having me.